is Friday morning. Time to check in with Vaughn Palmer. Good morning to you. Good morning, Jill. Nice to hear your voice in the morning. Yes, great to be here. Lots happening as well. We're talking about a trade mission coming up. Yeah, Premier David Eby has invited the news media to Vancouver International Airport tomorrow. Uh, He's going to do a bit of a hit before boarding a plane, and he's headed off on a trade mission. We haven't had premiers doing those, uh, not to the Asia-Pacific in any event since pandemic changed the world. So the premier's back on the road. He's got, let's see, three cabinet ministers going with him. And let's see, Japan... South Korea, one of the ministers is going to Vietnam, and the premier's going to Singapore. So 11 days on the road, and David Eby says uh, this means the premier is going to be going back to being the lead salesperson for British Columbia as a place to invest and as a place to buy products. Hmm, interesting. And, and like you said, we've not seen uh, these happening all that uh, much because of COVID. Uh, what about uh, where he's not going? Well, that's the other news. And there, somehow or other, there was some speculation based on a offhand comment the Premier made that he might be going to China earlier this year. That's not in the cards. Uh, Look, relations with China are not good between Canada and China for all kinds of reasons, and the Premier is definitely not going to China. It is our second largest trading partner. The only nice thing the Premier said about that yesterday was, well, you know, they're already our second largest trading partner, so we're trying to increase trade with other countries. Hmm. I think it's got a lot more to do with a very troubled relationship between Canada and China, and you know, we know the we know all the reasons. Um, EB is uh, going to Japan, which is uh, trade partner number three. Um, you know, the most interesting one on the list that really jumped out at me, Jill, is Singapore. Hmm. Now, it's an important trading center. Uh, in the Asia-Pacific, but uh, you go through the fine print of the Premier's uh, briefing yesterday, the the uh, background paper they released on it, um, housing. So David Eby thinks he's got, Singapore's got something to teach us on housing. Singapore has a very unusual public housing program. Uh, I mean, Singapore is known as a bastion of capitalism, but it's definitely a bastion of government ownership for housing. Basically, Singapore guarantees housing for Singapore residents, and there's different ways they do it, but it's essentially uh, public housing for everyone. You'll know that uh, David Eby has been talking about expanding government housing here in British Columbia to the missing middle, to people that in the past the government left on their own to get housing. So that's going to be interesting. It'll uh, be interesting to see what he learns, interesting to see what he does when he gets back here. And do trade missions like this, I mean, do they actually lead to the to deals happening or is it more of an exercise? And, and like you said, the premier's out there and he's his face is out there and he's meeting people and it shows that he's he's making the effort. Yeah, uh, premiers don't sign deals on these trips. Uh, what they do is uh, it's it's we're open for business. It's answer direct questions about where the government is headed. Um meet with and establish contacts with trading partners. So they're important in building long-term trade relationships and maintaining 
contacts. Um, the deals are actually done otherwise. And, uh, you know, an awful lot of it is, is private. I mean, for example, the premier is going to go over there and talk about the availability of mass timber production here in British Columbia and what that means. Well, it's going to be up to the customers to line up the deals to buy the mass timber. The premier isn't taking an order book with him. Another good example is LNG. You're going to go and talk to the countries that will be getting, some of them anyway, Korea and Japan, that will be getting a bunch of the LNG that British Columbia will be exporting through the terminal in Kitimat once that's up and running in a couple of years. So again, uh, the Premier is going to go talk to uh, one of the big buyers there and talk about the prospects for future production from British Columbia. Another thing they're going to be doing here is the emerging interest around hydrogen. So, you know, hydrogen, gee, when Gordon Campbell started talking about it in the 1970s, and sorry, in the decade of the noughts, uh, John Horgan mocked the whole thing as a boondoggle. Now it's uh, a word on an awful lot of lips about the future of energy production in the world, and British Columbia believes it has some great potential on that front. So that's another thing the Premier is going to try to get on the radar screens uh, in our trading partners in Japan and South Korea. Hmm, interesting. And a little closer to home or, or more in B.C., do you think we're going to find out more uh, about by-elections uh, before? Well, you know, he's saying that the by-election call is imminent. So you've got two vacancies in the legislature, the one that uh, John Horgan's seat uh, in the provincial capital reason, and the one uh, Melanie Mark was the cabinet minister who resigned in April uh, in Vancouver, Mount Pleasant. The candidates are all nominated. The premier was out campaigning with both in both writings uh, this week. So he was asked about it, and he said, yeah, yeah, I'm going to be calling these very soon. He said he doesn't want them to drag into the summer. So let's see. We now have elections on Saturdays. So uh, Premier's at the airport tomorrow morning. That would be the first day he could call the by-elections, and uh, that would put voting day on June 24th. Uh, I think he will be calling them very soon. He doesn't have to be in British Columbia to call the by-elections. He just has to sign a cabinet order. And I think he'd want to be back to do some campaigning in the two by-elections. So, uh, yeah, if you're going to go, if you don't want to spill over into the summer, if you don't want to spoil people's summer vacations in July and August, I'd say the by-election call is close and maybe it'll come as soon as today or tomorrow. All right, so we'll be looking and waiting for that. Let's touch on the Arbutus project as oh, well, man. because uh, the battle <laughs> the battle is not slowing down. Yeah, so this is a 129-unit, 13-story supportive housing project between 7th and 8th on Arbutus in Vancouver. Two NDP ridings. The Premier's riding is across the street and George Heyman's riding is that the project is there. And this one is contentious. The city of Vancouver approved it last summer. Local residents, they call themselves the Kitsilano Coalition. They have a website. You want to know what their objections are? They went to court to fight the approval. The city appealed to the provincial government. They said, look, we want this project to go ahead, supportive housing for people that really need housing, and get people off the streets. We want your help. And the province responded with legislation that essentially upheld the city 
decision to approve the project and says it doesn't matter what a court says, this thing is going ahead. Well, I mean, first of all, legislatures can hope such things that projects will go ahead, but you can still go to court and challenge that. The Kitsilano Coalition is now going to court to challenge the constitutionality of the provincial override legislation. So, you know, there was a lot of hope, provincial level. This project would go ahead in the fall. Premier David Eby said, this is part of the battle against the forces of not in my backyard. The Kitsilano Coalition is saying, we're not NIMBY. We support this kind of project. This is the wrong way to do it. Uh, You shouldn't concentrate everyone in one project. It's across the street from a school. So the battle's not over, and I mean the courts, uh, they don't necessarily listen to laws that uh, that try to override decisions of the court. So uh, it's not clear where this thing is going at all, but it's not over, that's for sure, Jill. No, and I was curious, too, if the court sides with the residents, the Kitsilano Coalition, the, the province has said they'll do this again if they want housing built. Could that have an impact on that? Oh, I think this is a definitely um, a very, very important project to see what happens because there are other big housing projects in the province, and including the, I think the Squamish Nation uh, uh, development down at Kitts Point. That's being challenged. So, if the courts uh, side with the people that are trying to block these projects, it's not clear where the end is in sight because, you know, city councils approve them. The opponents go to court and say, well, your public hearing was inadequate or you didn't consider all these factors or this is the wrong place to put it. I mean, EB is definitely on the side of expediting approval of these projects. And he doesn't mind taking political heat for it because, after all, this project, as I say, is on his own doorstep politically. But, uh, no, this is a a major battle. It's going to be interesting to see what the courts do with this. All right. Vaughn, thank you so much. Have a good weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye, Joe.